comes to playing basketball. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm always last to be picked, or in some cases, never picked at all. So I just lean up against the wall. Instead of the bleachers with the other guys, girls who came to watch their man's ball. Dag, y'all. I never understood black with a jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I tell them scat, skittles, kabottles. Got with a bottle. Sit in the hospital. For but they changed green mess. to apple. That's bullshit. I confess. Green's supposed to be it's lying. It's a shame when you're what? living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. I'm glad I came to my that, senses. Man. Like sick, sick, a sweet sick, and we're coming by fall. Me and together, right? Right. When I asked her out, she said I wasn't her type. Oh my god. Cool. Spend some time collectively. Politank. Got ring with the show where I don't know, man. Because the truth is, I don't know, man. I just. I don't know, man. Hello, my little snowflakes. Politics. Tinks. My name is Sean O'Brien. Welcome Shuffle. back to Politinkering. Joey Bunier. <laughs> How you doing, guys? Yeah, you know. Everyone okay? Yeah. Having fun? Yeah. Today is September 5th-ish. Yeah. 2017. Yep. The year of our Lord. Anno Domini. Mm. Anno Domini. Do you guys like that? After Anno death. Domini? Yeah, there's like the BC and AD. I always yeah. thought it was after death as well, like before Christ and yeah, after death. Totally. That's what I thought it was. It's not, though. Did you know that, Joey? It's, I, uh, I, what's Anno Domini? The year of our Lord. Look at this fucking guy over here. I, I prefer common era, sir. BCE versus CE, correct. Yeah. I like that. I like that. When is common era? Same. <laughs> <laughs> it's common. That's not right. Yeah, everyone just calls it 2017, so we'll stay with 2017. We'll just kind of <laughs> sweep Jesus under the rug. It's all right. Um, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. Um, mm. I would say probably. Oh, it might be 2018 by then. Exactly. My yeah. guess is we might release it early. What do you think mm. about that, Mr. Fa? No. Okay. Why did you timestamp it? I don't even know why you did that. Because I think we should talk about DACA. I think we should talk uh, a little bit about things, because I do have a question today. Jesus Christ. Hmm. Why do we need borders? Okay. Why do we need borders? To keep the Huns away. Or, okay, I, maybe the better question should be, why do we have borders? What's better? Why do we need borders, or why do we have borders? What is a more, what's a more philosophically and like, relevant? You should answer question? both. Yeah, have is, you well, know, history, with, need is philosophical. Uh, well, let's start with the why then we have, then. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're both the same, aren't they? Maybe? No. Okay, Okay. so we should maybe start with the history and then branch to philosophy? Makes sense. Well, the first isn't an I don't know man, but who says we need an I don't know man? Why you am do. I talking about this right now, you Mr. Boner? Because uh, it seems like DACA, DACA is going to be rescinded. DACA was rescinded. Today? Yeah. So as a bit of a news uh, update, Donald Trump, our glorious president, um, today said, uh, hey, you know what, Obama? I don't like, I don't like the, the cut of your jib. I don't like the shape of your mug. I don't like the black of your face. And you can, <laughs> I think that you should. I think that you should uh, I don't not do that. Why do you have to imply the racism, man? Because I, it was funny. Because it's cheap. First of all, if, he, if he's being racist against all these young Mexican and Asian people, not against Obama. I don't like the brown of your face. That's fair. What yeah. is DACA? What does it stand for? No one's trying to deport uh, black It's people. the deferment. I forget what the other for stuff is. For childhood. Yeah. For dreamers. 
Their childhood act. Dreamers. So their parents came here illegally and they were born. Or they were, they were, they were born, they were born here. They were born no, they were brought here as ch- yeah, children. They were brought here as children. And, um, and, and previously, Obama had given them essentially amnesty for a period of time. And what ended up happening is Trump uh, today said, nah, we're good. Because their, their claim is that Congress should be made. Or Congress should be the ones making laws. it should laws. be a law. It exactly. shouldn't be just an executive order. It should be a law. Order. It should be an executive order, yeah. which is not an unfair argument totally. at all, by the way. Um, it's just that it's a bullshit reasoning is the problem. It's a bullshit timing is yes. the problem. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the bullshit uh, – it's definitely valid reasoning. You're, uh, you're right. You know what? I did misspeak. Yeah. It's not that it's a bullshit reasoning. Um, it's just that it, it, based on everything Trump There's has no done, reason we have to have this argument right now. And he's just, I think right. he's either trying to turn the conversation or just like upset that, you know, people aren't talking about him anymore or right. something. But there, the, the, this just seems to be a bad move all around. Why like, is it a bad move all around? Though? Um, just the, in that, uh, like you said, the timing. Like okay. if he, you know, first off, uh, is if he had just waited, it probably would have gone away because it would have gone to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court would have declared it unconstitutional. Why would it have gone to the Supreme Court? Uh, apparently, there are people on both sides, essentially, that are um, prosecuting it. There's okay. lawsuits against the it, implementation of it being an executive order as okay. opposed to an actual law. And this was kind of one of the things that, you know, uh, Obama was trying to get pushed through Congress as an actual law. Mm. And when it didn't actually happen, he just said, okay, fuck it. I'm going to make an executive order that I do have a huge fucking problem with. And I think there's way too many of those. And one of Trump's biggest campaign promises was the repealing of executive orders. I just don't think that there was, it was absolutely necessary at this time to do it in this fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, if he had just waited, those cases most likely would have gone to the Supreme court and they would have declared it unconstitutional, and then that would have forced the hand of Congress like he's trying to do now anyway. I think that's fair. Joey, what do you think? Overall, about the—I the, think, well, one— that I How think, wrong am I? No, no nothing <laughs> wrong there. I think the uh, Congress was thinking about passing, I think they call the Dreamer Act or whatever it is, basically codifying oh, it to law. God, this fucking Dreamers— I'm sorry. Go ahead. You just, you do you not like, like the name? term? Oh God, no. Why? It is just so pandering. Fuck, yeah, okay. it is That's like fair. it is such a um, uh, you know, just a, a I don't want to say whitewashing, but a um, a sort of you know glorifying, a glamorizing sure. of what this actually is. You know, we're we're talking about kids that came here illegally, and you know, y- yes, I'm sure there well, are some we dreamers. Say came here or were brought? We're brought here. here okay. Came here. It, either way, I mean, they're they're all lumped into that age group, whatever okay. it is. Um, you know, I just think it's a little bit. Um, it, it's it's a misleading terminology. Okay. Good. Um. I just think not only is it a bad move politically, I think it seems to, it just it just seems like it's against all of our morals in many ways, if I have to say that. But also, it just seems like it's you know America turning their back on on, on people that they've kind of promised to. Like this law has been in in place for a little while, not that long though. It's, but they've this is also a very recent thing. But they've also twelve. Li- but they've man. usually lived here for a good amount of time too. Um, like, for instance, but, there's... Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's just, you know, saying if you break the law for long enough, you get away with it. And, you know, at what point do we want to say that this, these are our laws, and if you're not respecting them, you're not allowed here? Like, I, I mean, you know, point. Canada takes a very strong approach to anyone they allow through their border. If you have broken pretty much any laws in any country, you're not really allowed in Canada. If you have a DUI, you're not allowed in Canada. Whereas, you know, America is much more open to a lot of 
those things, and a lot of those things we, you know. But specifically, the ones we're talking about, Muslim countries specifically, Canada's way more welcome to this refugees. This wasn't Muslim countries. This isn't a Muslim thing. I understand. I'm just comparing Canada's immigration to ours. In some senses, you're saying, yes, they're more stringent here, but I think they're way less stringent when it comes to many other things. So, oh, everyone's less stringent when it comes to refugees. I mean, that is just a, oh, I well, I mean, that. everyone should be, at least that's, uh, you know, refugees are a uh, a different- Should we it, really though? Um, at what point, did, at what point can the amount of refugees flooding into, flooding in over someone else's borders well, actually I mean, tip the scale? Yeah, if line? we're going to jump past everything and, you know, declare that, you know, a, a certain amount of immigration is okay. I think that whatever it is that we establish that, yeah, it would be okay to make exceptions for refugees because these are specific instances, most usually wars that we're creating anyways. Right. So, you know, these are people that we are trying to protect and get out of harm's way. This isn't just your average everyday immigrant that just doesn't like their country and doesn't okay. like their circumstances. This is, you know, war and destruction all around them. And we literally need to save these fucking people. Okay. What would you, uh, sorry, getting back to not the refugee question, but the dreamer question, I guess. Um, I'm curious, what would you do? Would you just have them go back to their previously, their country of, of birth? Like, what would you do with the dreamers right now? Well, see, that's the whole problem. Like, we're, we're trying if to. You were Trump. Well, yeah. And this is, you know, a band aid on a band aid on a band aid. And he's just trying to get rid of, like, one of those things. And this is just a, a fundamental problem with our immigration policy in general is that, I mean, as a country, we can't decide what we want to do with immigrants. We can't decide how many we want to allow in. We can't decide if we want to just have completely open borders or if we want to control that at all. Okay. I, I was just asking what you would do. That's all. Would, well, you, that, would you let them stay or not? Um, I mean, that's Who's the, the them. Yeah. Dreamers, the million and a half dreamers. Okay. I mean, that's so... Trump repealing the Dreamers bill, whatever you want to call it, or the Dreamers uh, enactment uh, 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 executive order. Um, he basically he said to Congress that you guys were, were not going to do anything for six months and you guys have six months to put together a bill that takes care of this stuff. And then he kind of said, and if you don't, we'll, we'll figure it out then. So, you know, there, there isn't really a whole lot of teeth behind this. He's not really enforcing it. He's just trying to force the, the hand of the legislation to actually make this a real legitimate thing. So, you know, he, again, do you think just, that's his actual motive? I, I, well, I, I think his actual motive is just attention and, you know, diverting the, the conversation away from other things. But I, I can't really think of a valid reason for him to do this now other than keeping up with his campaign promise of getting rid of executive it, Yeah, orders. maybe. I mean, well, see, that's what's so funny about it. I mean, it, it takes care of both campaign pro like promises where it cracks down on immigration mm -hmm. and it sort of like, you know, undoes everything Obama did. But in a weird way, this is one of those things where it has some interesting validity to it, where it's sort of a weird nuance. Like it is the very first time I've ever seen Trump actually move a knight on the chessboard yeah, rather yeah, than totally. just like fucking knocking it down. Cause I, I don't Such really weird know. timing though. Yeah. Like, I, well, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, but that's the whole, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I don't think that he has any, you know, I, I don't think he's oh, no, ever he been calculated. It, it might have just been the first time he saw that move, and like, like <laughs> maybe. I mean, that's how I play chess. You know, it's yeah. Just like, I mean, maybe like, I he just, just kind of keep throwing shit until something happens. But I mean, yeah. but you know, that, that's what everybody's been saying. At some point, it's going to happen where he starts to play the actual game, and, and, and I, who knows what no, he's doing here. But I, I, I just don't think he's playing. What chess. do you? Well, then, what do you think his motives are? No, this? I think his motives are what he's always said. 
I just think this happens to be next on their list, like on their shitty little whiteboard in, in Bannon's previous office. You know, just should... DACA or? Yeah. Yeah, I no. think the whiteboard's gone with Bannon, man. Well, of course. But, you know, someone's got a stupid whiteboard of lists of things that they want to do. And this was just, you know, next on their list. I'm, I, by also... the way, I'm a little bit confused. Was this a campaign promise? I've heard it said both ways, that it was and it wasn't. Like he, he said he was wasn't going to do that. Yeah, okay. Okay, so that's yeah, the he's in fa- yeah. He said he was in favor of the dreamers whatever I feel you like he, call said he, was, he was in favor of compassion for he the dreamers exactly. or something along those lines and, but yeah, like, and he yeah. basically told congress that he wants them to write this as a law he wants right. them to enact this dreamers thing as an actual law I think law. it was like a Lindsey Graham Lindsey Graham and somebody else were like had written a bipartisan bill for this as well so yeah. there there is there is legislation sort of more or less on the books that ha- that people have seen that could work as this you know DACA so- solution I guess I think he's he's just using this to f- try and force their hands at something so he has <laughs> some sort of a win I don't know like yeah I think I- that's possible uh, if you, if he does do it like that um, he'll claim it as a win even though Congress will technically have yeah. that as a win but I think that's actually a good move if he's making that move politically. If he well can, done. Like, it, well, if that's, he can that's turn that's executive actually, orders into laws, then yeah, that is— Well, kind of forcing Congress's hand and shaming them. And turns Obama's executive order into a law by undoing it. Either way, he's, he's undone the executive order and he's— And and passed legislation that—do that you think, is, what, do you think, I think Trump would sign it? I think it's in spite of his yeah. efforts, though. You think You'd Trump would sign it if it comes—he I mean, doesn't have to. It just I mean, he's, comes across he's, his desk. It's basically what he's asking for. So if right. he doesn't at this point, then, well, what you know— What if it doesn't include a border wall? Um— that's true. I, I, yeah, that like he wants, is tying he, everything to the border wall. Yeah, I think he, I think quid that pro there quo is, sort of thing. I think so. I and, think that there is, and more that's to kind it. of what makes it the no win situation for for everyone. Yeah, because you know, the, I didn't think this was tied to the border. I'm that's sorry. what I he's thought, trying to do. It's not tied yeah. yet, but I mean, I it, thought it, it could they won, be. Okay, but I also don't forget he do, they you can have overriding veto. Like you know, if they have enough votes, bipartisan. It can override his veto. So sure, it's possible that he might not want to veto just save face, which is kind of what happened with. Previous legislation, yeah, but this like wasn't Russia. this wasn't popular enough to pass during a Democratic Congress. So I understand, but I feel like there's might be a little groundswell. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but I feel like it could get more support nowadays because it's pretty. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it seems. I feel like this is one of the the least important uh, discussions we have to have about the immigration policy in the United States. Okay, like so we are... don't know what Trump wants. We don't know what Trump <laughs> wants, but let's move on to the real question then. Let's mm-hmm. go historically. Yeah. If the question is why do we need borders, the question should begin with why do we have borders in the mm-hmm. first place. So, Imagine Joe, you got all anything for us? The people. I didn't like Google borders. I didn't do anything. No, you don't have to have Jesus done anything. Christ. But just do you have any historical knowledge in general as to <laughs> you, you went to borders. school for history, didn't you? I didn't go to border <laughs> history, but I mean, it's border- <laughs> I, wanna, Did, I really went to- hope there is like a border <laughs> history class. Is- no, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> this I- is the line. This land is my land. You this know land is your land. <laughs> now that I think about it, I would say border history, if there is one, is military history. Yes. <laughs> and technically, I'm pretty good at military history. So yeah, fuck That's you. Why we're asking you, Dick. Technically, I'm pretty good at military history. <laughs> I said it douchey on purpose. My penis tastes lovely as well, I should know. <laughs> I I frequently look at taste. <laughs> I had two like ribs removed so I could do such things. <laughs> Continue, sir. Uh, you have thirty seconds. How dost thou penis taste? <laughs> it tastes historical. Is how it is. Okay. Uh, it's crusty. <laughs> it's fuck. It's like old, old and crusty, dusty, just his Roman, just from his perspective. Ugh. Like there's no no like que- you know sensitivity given to the woman whatsoever. So go Jesus ahead, Christ. talk about what? his story. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I am a member of the patriarchy. My bad. Go ahead. What do you got? Uh, Military history, whenever, as it relates to borders. 
Yes, I was that. I, I mean, you got to go back to the oldest civilizations and borders and tribes and such like that. But I would say that the Anunnaki, the what? The Anunnaki. What's that? Come on, I want a Leia. <laughs> Anasazi. It's the, yeah, it's the uh, old alien cultures. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess it's just you're going to be fighting over land because land was everything because we lived in agrarian societies so there it is okay so land, that's kind of interesting land so it was it was the agrarian element that created borders in the first place so i would say the transition from the big, a migratory so think about it. when we were hunter gatherers <laughs> sure. it mattered that we had territory but not so much because you could cross over into different people's boundaries it was so, so fluid you but when you started land, to have man. agriculture well then the first of all that leads to civilization so now you have Ownership of land and livestock and plants and everything. So, God, border, so it's borders so matter. We we did our our famous lost episode where we <laughs> did start to begin to question where property began in the first place. Um and and we started with the proposition that we all own ourselves. That's the only thing we can all sort of agree on. That I own me, you own you, etc. Um, but and but when it comes to why is this land? my land versus your land, we do start to create a weird philosophical question. We're like, what, what, is it just that you got there first? Well, why is that fair? Well, is it just that you, you know, saw it first? Well, why is that fair? Um, however, what we did agree on was, well, if I do something to it, even if it's just I pick an apple off of this land, I've realized that there's a something there. Even that might not be fair, but it is an extension of my energy expense. Yeah. So my the only thing if the only thing I own is myself and the time I spend on myself, then any work or energy that my body expends is theoretically an extension of myself. And thus, whatever I'm gained from that is an ownership of me. Um, if you take it an extra step, you could almost say that, like, if I eat something and you come and shove your finger down my throat and force me to throw it up, that would be, like, sort of a weird invasion simply because I've done the work to consume this. And you doing anything to steal it from me is is essentially theft in a way. And that's think, sort of akin to it. No, so I think you're right. That's the reason that that's think, my land is your land. the same – or my land is my land is because I've expended energy to consume it in some capacity. So, go ahead. It reminds me, honestly, of of socialism. And when you think of labor socialism, it's like the the people who work the land, the peasantry, the proletariat, are working it, and therefore they own it as a collective. So it's like taking away the ownership from the aristocracy, monarchy, to the people who actually are working the land. Um, mm-hmm. They may have utilized that as an argument to sort of bridge the divide between libertarianism and sort of a Marxist element of it. What? It's sort of a Marxist philosophy. Well, you, what you've described, it is what, what I described is libertarian, what you described as socialism. And, and most people would say, how can, how can a collective own something that the individual has worked for? Well, that's not what I was necessarily saying. I was just saying the idea of ownership. Right. I, and that's exactly what I'm saying, too. How can a not collective own something collectively because they've all worked for it? If one person in that socialist society did not work yeah. in a socialist society, they would own it. And yet they've expended no energy to gain it. They would say they have spent the energy to gain how, it. How? Yeah, once we decide that there's ownership, then that ownership can be divided however is seen fit. Only by the people who agree upon it. I'm simply saying, why do I own a piece of land when, when like, at all? Why, why can any individual own a piece of land? And I'm saying it's an extension of the work that mm-hmm. you've done to till the land. Yeah. And that's not socialism. That, that by definition, can't be. I didn't be. say it is socialism. Oh, no. I said it's, it's, it's an interesting. It reminds you of it. Yeah, it reminds me of it. How, said, though? That, that's what I'm asking. Because the idea of the people working the land now have ownership. So, theoretically, the proletariat 
owns it collectively as opposed to just a, a king no, or a lord. What, hold on. Who, who doesn't work it. That's all I'm saying. They just command the peasantry to do it. Um, well, yes and no. I mean, that's not true either. Like, if the, if the king got there first and tilled the land to make whatever it is. I let's think just you're just getting hung wheat. up that I'm skipping over democracy and <laughs> well, no, I'm, uh, constitutional republic. No, I'm simply dealing with the philosophy of it. No, with, with, with ownership I, as an I, extension of the work of your body, right? So, But if the king, for some reason, has done it and now owns that land, and then he, he whatever he gained, let, let's just say he tills wheat, right? He, he, he makes wheat out of it and then is able to sell that off so he starts to gain money and now yeah. can pay workers to work his land, mm -hmm. and he still is working it. He, it's, he still is compensating the people who are working the land I understand. for their work. And it's still completely libertarian. I'm, There's nothing socialist about this structure. I, I think you're getting hung up on this. I'm not, I'm not, hung, know, I'm just, not getting hung, hung up at all. He I'm, just took it to the socialist jump, man. There's, I didn't, the, okay, so I didn't I should even... Sorry, okay, yeah. never mind. We're good. I didn't even take it to a... Okay, go ahead. Anyway, the, the, the point I'm trying to make is, if wow. w why do we have borders at all? If the answer is because we must have borders because of agrarian societies... There is a philosophical basis for that, which basically comes down to sort of John Locke libertarian libertarianism, which is essentially, you know, whatever whatever work you've done is an extension of the ownership of yourself. So, but I that's mean, fine, historically speaking. Yeah, that's just where money comes from. That's where, you know, property and, you know, value and everything comes from. Right. Everything is a storage of your expenditure and your energy. Right. So, but now the second step, if we, let's just take America, for example, let's just jump straight there. Why, um... Why did the Native Americans own the land versus the, the, you know, the Europeans who came and landed on that land? Well, the native, mostly the natives didn't own that land, the, um, or at least they didn't. Well, I mean, that's, that's, you can't even say that, though, because there, there were so many Native tribes. There was no tribes idea of ownership, they, I guess. Yeah, well, no, they, and ownership. that's the thing, though. Like, some oh, of okay. them did have the idea of ownership, and Got some it. of them didn't. Some, not all of the, the tribes of the Americas were nomadic. Some had, you know, very large governmental structures that spanned for, you know, very large you know, swaths of area there. You can't just lump them all in together to say that they were one peoples. They were very much individual clans and individual tribes. And I, I mean, you know, it's, it's just an, an impossibility really, but yes, there were some that certainly believed that there, there was no such thing as, as ownership. And then there were, you know, Americans, they're not Americans, but Westerners that came over and were more than happy to exploit that. Okay. Okay. Joey. You could make the argument that they were just there first. The, the, the Native Americans. So therefore they owned the land? They, they were there first. They, they you know, tilled the land in some capacity. They like, created I mean, if you build a structure on the land, that's tilling the land in some capacity. Like, you're they doing hunted, work they gave back to the, the earth. They, yeah, they right, exactly. So, so in a sense, they sort of owned the land. I mean, again, if, we, yeah. if we're going to talk about immigration in the first place, we're going to talk about borders in the first place, we do sort of have to go there, particularly with this country. For so, every sort of, country. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another tangential question I feel like we could get into, though, is like, uh, I mean, wh why, why this instinct now? Why this instinct now to be so hung up on immigration? And, oh, no, and I think this versus is, them. This I mean, is not why now? now. This is the end of that. So this is, you know, we're on the precipice of 
uh, globalization. We're on the the brink of a world government. Interesting. And this is the people fighting back against it. The I mean, if you listen to Alex Jones, this is why Trump was elected was to fight against the globalists and the the global tyranny that is inevitable that he's been screaming about for the last twenty years. This you know. What does it, that mean? Um, basically, you know, one world government. So the idea of um, you know, they use the European Union a lot as an example for a lot of these conspiracy sort of bends. Okay. Um, in that, you know, once uh, the whole reason that Brexit came about was once the EU was established, they kind of uh, uh, put everything into a um, a structure that was not necessarily beneficial to everyone. Okay. And it was more beneficial to some and more punitive to others. And it was, it no longer had the, the feel of autonomy. Okay. And so once they started to, to see that they were losing the ability to make their own laws and they were subject to these laws that were handed down to them, it kind of became a, you know, taxation without representation sort of situation. Jesus. Okay. Cool. That's a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. You told so, me I had to fucking cram, man. It's <laughs> a lot to respond to. <laughs> it was lovely, my friend. Well, okay. So if it's if this is the end of all of that, um, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Um, you wanted history, man. I did. It was perfect. It was perfect. Um, well, in that case, why do we need borders? Because this is my shit. Get out of my shit. This is my shit. Get out of my shit. That's Sean's answer. Sean's eloquently put. Joey, what do you think, man? Um, do we need borders? Do you think we need borders? I'm thinking. I struggle because I don't want to be that guy. Everyone hates that guy saying open borders, open borders. It's like literally the, uh, the rights cudgel that they use against the left sure i mean you you can be for open borders you just have to justify that shit like there there is well there's a lot of downside to open borders i understand the the feel-goody upside to you know everyone has a right to be an american but we have to realize that we live in a world where you know things are not as as frilly and fluffy as we would like them to be and there are bad people out there with bad intentions and there are uh entire societies that could it could overwhelm us if they chose to you know if we had completely open borders china could decide that you know the easiest way to wage war on us is, and to take us over would be to ship here. half of their billion people over here and now they can just vote for whatever they want so, you know, at, at what point do we need to protect what freedom it is that we do have mm-hmm. and make sure that we can maintain that? Yeah, I know. I understand. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was another long-winded rant for you to not No, I, I, I get it. I understand it. God yeah. damn. By the way, as a quick side note, one of our earlier episodes that I couldn't figure out what it was that the left employed the most, and I still don't even know the term for it, mm. but there is a philosophical um, sort of— it, it's Construct. a. It's a no, no, it's an, it's a, it's a, it's a, God damn it. What's an error? Like a fallacy. It's, mm. there's a fallacy where you basically throw a bunch of information oh, yeah, yeah, at the a shotgun person. approach. <laughs> sure. That's fine. That, that works. That yeah, might yeah. be what it's called actually. I don't think so, but that, that's, I'm sure it's as not good in as Latin, any. but yeah. It's as good as the shotgunist approach. Sure. And the anyway, that's, that's the bigger thing. Uh, I'm sorry, Joey. Go ahead, man. Uh, open borders. I guess no one who's saying open borders is saying that we need to like lessen security. I think that we were all saying that I think we just need to be slightly more 
um, compassionate, compassionate towards people who want to enter the country, who want to become citizens, path to citizenship, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I think they're all common sense to me, common sense, pretty simple arguments. Like even I would say the leftists of the left, even like the left progressives, the Bernie bros, such, I don't even think they would want open borders. And I think this is also a big deal because in America, I think immigration now to me is more tied to racism and xenophobia, whereas in Europe- It's always been. Well, of course it's always been. But I'm just saying nowadays- Whereas now in Europe, I think there is slightly more of an argument, I think, because of what's going on in their multicultural, slightly society and that their immigration problems are a little bit more- um, Or their demographic issues are a little bit more serious mathematically, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Whereas America doesn't really have these issues. Like we talked about this before, but like the net immigration from Mexico is actually zero. In fact, it's probably like more going to Mexico. So uh, I, I think America in general, if you look at it economically, always does better with more immigration. Um, not necessarily, you know, letting everyone in China in, I think is, you know, is right. But once, fallacy, we, once but. we decide that there is a cutoff, there are almost assuredly always going to be more people wanting to come in than are allowed. So Maybe. what is it that we do about Depending those the people? Country, yeah. I mean, it, for America in general. What we, do we do with which people? I'm sorry, the people who are allowed Whatever number we decide that is the appropriate amount of immigrants to allow in into the country to you know be sustainable and to not collapse as a country, whatever that number is, for the most part, there's going to be more than that that want to come in. So how do we handle those people? That's always going to be the issue. Well, I'm sorry. How do we handle the people who are allowed to come in or aren't? How do we? Tell, what, what do we? How do we justify people not coming here? There, yeah. there, there, there must be some sort of a quota that allows yeah, for the sustainability. I don't think for that's anything new. I think we've had them for sure. But, years. but, what, but what right now the left is saying just ignore it. No, I don't think so. I think they're saying ignore it for special circumstances like Syrian refugees. Almost all circumstances. I mean, sanctuary cities. Like no, that I, is- I think no. I, th- I, don't I think that's I, well. So okay. To be clear, issues. I think currently what the left is saying is that we're a little bit too being too strict on immigration, and the right is saying we're not being strict enough. Exactly. So the question really becomes: Well, okay, where wh- is what is the, the what are the actual numbers? Yeah. Here? yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that I don't think anybody no. at any point can fucking agree on. If you look at Fox News, yeah. it's like it, we're being flooded by immigrants. Exactly. If you look at MSNBC, it's like, oh, there's thousands of refugees who need our help every mm-hmm. day. You know what I mean? So I personally don't actually know what the number is. Nope. I really don't. But it, I, I don't uh, feel well, like we're being overflowed. I mean, I live in California and I live in L.A. So the number I don't I've feel heard, like I'm being fucking overflowed. I've heard 40 like I can't find million jobs. undocumented. Um, it's not even so much the undocumented, even if it is, even if the number is 4 million, 40, even if it is 40 million, I don't know what that means with respect to how many jobs there are or how many oh. things are necessary or Oh, what. I don't buy that into that. That's necessary. That does. There's no proof of that. No proof well, of what? I'm, all, all I'm saying is I don't know. Fallacy but the other well, side of this is how compassionate is it to maintain this illegal immigrant economy? So, you know, it is beneficial to people to have these people being here illegally because they're willing to work for a lot right. less. Which is better for business. It, exactly. And but thus better for the profit margin and thus better for the bottom business people just buying people stuff. you know your gardener your your pool guy right there, yeah. there's you know especially here in california there is totally. a, every a, day exactly everywhere the, you are. the the upper crust is completely surrounded by people that are here illegally and willing to work for much less because they they are 
I don't know. They're just are they accustomed to a lower standard of living so that they are willing to live here and accept those lower paying? I mean, you know, they're living in the same LA we are. How are they able to get by by mm. accepting these lower wages? I don't know. That's a whole other tangent. They're living in the same LA you are. Maybe not O'Brien. They don't live in. Oh yeah, yeah. Not that's... maybe not Burbank. <laughs> yeah, West Hollywood. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I you know, it's. I, I, well, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, no, no. I totally slander West Hollywood. Yeah. Let's say you were living in Beverly Hills. Whatever the fuck. Sure, exactly. No, no, it's not a, it doesn't matter either way. I agree with you. My my the point that I guess I was asking was if we if we're not if we're unclear on the numbers as far as what is sustainable and what's not sustainable, where do you even begin the conversation? I mean, how, how do what we, begin we should with the do? Facts? The numbers don't matter. What matters is how we should approach these things. Okay, we, sure. So yeah, exactly. So okay. So let's just say there is a certain point at which there's the perfect amount of undocumented jobs and the perfect amount of undocumented people, right? What you're asking if I'm not mistaken is is where do we draw the line as far as how do we tell people that they can't come here and what criteria do we use to tell them that they can't come here? Well, yes. Can we ever decide on that? Can we as a country come to a conclusion that, okay, we're okay with this amount of immigration and not okay with this? Otherwise, we're just going to have this conversation for the end, till the end of time. So, so I guess we that's probably, kind of my argument. We probably will. I mean, I mean it, it's just chalk it up to maybe another issue that can't agree on. Well, that, and that's, know, that's why it's such a beautiful political argument right. because both yeah. sides can trot it's this like out. Taxes. And it's abortion, it's taxes, yeah, I it's, think so. yeah it's it's all that. It's it's just this well, kind of uh, pony no, that think, can always be I think you're right manipulated. It's very much like the executive orders. I don't I think know about they're, manipulating ponies, but they're like the seesaw orders. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. so it's just when when a Democrats in power, they're going to be more pro immigration. When a Republicans in power, they're going to be slightly less. You know what I mean? Whatever. More tidy on immigration. So I think that's just maybe the, the case. And um, and we're going to fight for both sides either way. But um, uh, to me, I think the DACA thing represents a little bit beyond the pale, I got to say. Because I would say most generally moderate Republicans to even more conservative Republicans would be okay with this specific program. So... Yeah, and that's what Trump's okay with it. He's just trying to make them make it a law. And Maybe he's also he's okay trying to tie it to his wall. I don't think Sessions is okay with I, it. No, that's why he tied it to the wall. He tied it to something that people don't like, to tie that to something that people do like. And that's, you know, how you get shit done. He he's just, it's just it not going to work. He I don't know. That's he hasn't suggested the legislation yet. We, I, don't, we don't know what Well, yeah, yeah. I, I was under the impression that he was. Uh, pushing them as a package. Not yet. No, no, he hasn't pushed the wall along with any package. He could push the wall along with a debt ceiling and mm. then could also like, for some reason, shoehorn in this DACA thing yeah. as well. And so it's like, it makes it both popular, yeah. unpopular and popular. So it's yeah. like a weird thing that like, he'll definitely get his wall. I mean, who, who knows what, I mean, and more importantly, yeah. he hasn't, he hasn't given any instructions to Congress as far as like usually the political way to go about things is as the leader of your party, you kind of give some sort of guidance as to what they should do. So that hasn't happened yet. I mean, all he's done so far is saying, no, this is bad for reasons X, Y, and Z, some of which makes sense. Some of, uh, DACA. DACA is mm -hmm. bad for reasons X, Y, and Z, and it's good for reasons, you know, A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. he hasn't given any guidance to Congress other than the actual timeline of when it needs to be oh. done as far as what needs to happen with yeah, it yeah. as of yet. Not um, only that, but I think— Oh, because he doesn't want his—like, I mean, there is— no good that can come from him being involved in that. The best thing for him is to push that off on Congress. Sure, maybe. Go ahead. Also, the question that arises to me is, is will Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan actually pay attention to what he does? Or is he toxic now? Or is proof rating still good? Those kind of things are all going to come into play with them um, and where he stands on certain issues. And they're going to look at the numbers and they're going to see that, you know, 
if you start tying the wall to certain issues, the wall is probably not a popular issue among the entire Republican base. I don't know. Actually, I would have to run the numbers. But all these issues, they would run. It's probably not wildly unpopular for the majority of the base. Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure, actually. Maybe it is. I don't know. But I'm, I'm just saying there are certain issues that are, certain issues aren't. And they're going to be worried about just listening to Trump in general. Like, are they just going to try to sit, you know, distance themselves from Trump? No, I don't think so. I think if, if, if he comes up with a good idea or has some good political move, they'll say, okay, cool, we're down. If he, if he just says some stupid bullshit, they're going to just ignore him. But the thing is, to me— is, It won't matter. I think he's a wash at this point. Sure, no, I, I, I'm almost counting on him doing something stupid. His, his own White House says the exact opposite of what he says on numerous occasions. Literally, with the whole North Korea thing that just went down, he was, you know, his, his response to North Korea's threats were to fucking go after South Korea and threaten trade war with China. Whereas the White House himself, like, you know, who's a fucking Mattis? I think there's also, you know, I, I agree with everything you say. Yeah, I think there's this big the separation They're between like, no, fine. him and his administration. China, that's just totally impossible. But well, sure, but that and so exactly. But anyway, the point yeah, is, yeah. the point is that you know what what message where the where does yeah. the rest message remain the same? Because it's not remaining the same within the very same White House and executive branch. So why would we assume it's going to remain the same between the executive branch as a collective, which is already split, and Congress, which is wildly split as well? So. Anyway, I just chalk that up to a Trump problem. I mean, because honestly, it's been the same since. Walk in. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, if it's right, if it's happening now during John Kelly controlling him and putting fences around him, and it was happening with Sean Spicer yeah, and Priebus, it's, it's just Trump. It's just he's going to say whatever the fuck he wants, and he's not, and he's going to cause hell for his communications department. Totally, he'll um, do whatever's right for Trump, as Sean said on many, many occasions. I just find it interesting now too, because now he doesn't really have those ties to Congress, right? Priebus was literally the head of the RNC and like buddy buddy with Paul Ryan. That is an so interesting point, too. Now he doesn't man. even have any Well, we're of in a military coup now. I mean, the, the generals have uh, uh, surrounded the king. And, uh, uh, we have a whole episode <laughs> devoted to you, Mr. Fa. I promise you we've got a whole 45 minutes. He's not a king. Just for you. Well, so uh, I the, Sarah Huckabee Sanders just today was literally saying, okay, you know, well, the, uh, you know, it, um, Congress should be the ones to make law. And if they can't get it done, well, somebody else will. And Jesus. I didn't understand what she meant by that. Wow. Really? She said I didn't, that? Yeah, I didn't understand what she meant. She said on numerous occasions, she's like, Congress is the ones who make laws, and if they can't do it, well, somebody else has to. That's the one that looks like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. It's like <laughs> no, flirting Sean with Spicer looks like Melissa flirting McCarthy. Flirting with authoritarianism. Mm. I mean, exactly. I didn't understand what she meant. Maybe like, it it's seems, just naivete. Maybe it's really just blind naivete and ignorance. Or just stupid phrasing, or it's just like that is what it is. But no, but that's no, I, I don't hoping. think so. I think it's just it's I if I had to put money on it, it's parroting what Trump is saying. Yeah, Trump do you guys know saying, anything about her background? I, sure. I, I, He's Huckabee's there's daughter. Actually, so, so before we go off too much, there's a great episode. I think it was um, it was like a, the failing New York Times' new podcast. Um, I, 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 fuck her. I don't remember what it's called. Mm. But they do a whole interview with just her. It's really good. Right on. Um, I think it's the sep- second episode of that episode. The New Washington. It's mm. called The New Washington. Every week they do one. The most recent one, by the way, was with Mr. Roger Stone. Mm. Um, I think she's the second or maybe third episode is just Sarah Kirby Sanders. So, yeah, you can listen to that. It's got all her background. Um, so she is qualified. She's not just a... Uh, I mean, no, of course not. She's not qualified. Okay. No, she's not. She, she's, she's Mike Huckabee's uh, daughter and well, That would um, imply that Barry she knows Sanders, something about the way government works. Barry Sanders' Great love child back. with uh, Bernie Sanders. Great running cool. back. Barry Sanders? Great running oh, back. Oh, I was thinking of the uh, center fielder for the Yankees. But you're right. He was also a... Barry Sanders. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Bernie Sanders. Bernie, <laughs> Bernie Sanders? 
<laughs> it's all Bernie Sanders, the center field progressive from New York. He's from New York. <laughs> I thought you said you didn't want tangents. <laughs> I'm the best hitter. I can't clean up. We're doing just fine. Um, so let me, let me conclude with this final question, which is the oh most, which is the most difficult question I could possibly Jerry ask Springer you Springer final thoughts? No, I, I don't want to Do rant. To no, it's a question. I, I again, I mean, I, so Shawnee, I really do think it is a question of numbers. We were saying what criteria, I mean, we, we've, we've, we've for throughout time figured out more or less the criteria for why we don't let people in, right. Or why we do let people in, which are, you know, economic hardships is sort of vaguely in there when it comes to refugees or wartime or, you know, or some sort of natural hazard where just people need help. Population and, replacement. And there, but there's always a quota on that. There's always mm-hmm. a quota put on that. Um, and then we have other elements of like, okay, well, undocumented inter- immigrants, how many do we tolerate like versus the untold? Tolerable, and that usually comes down to you know criminals is the easiest way to go. So well, that's, it, there, the criteria is normally not the problem. It it really does come down to numbers, and when it comes to what number, well, go ahead. Whoa. Well, no, you, I think you just misspoke. The um, oh. the undocumented versus documented is is not what we're really you know we're not trying to control the number of undocumented immigrants. We're we're, we're trying to control the influx. Period. Right, right, right. Some are documented, yeah. some are undocumented. Right, okay. And some documented are there because of jobs or, and others because of school. Some mm. undocumented are there because they fucking, you know, just crossed the border and others were because their parents brought them there. Mm. there there's a million reasons why people are across borders that they, quote, shouldn't be. Mm. The, the question is how many start to become a detriment to the society, right? Now, the reasoning One. behind those things, I think we've more or less philosophically figured out as a society, right? We don't, we want less criminals in our society than more. That's mm-hmm. something we all more or less agree upon. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You think we want more criminals Fucking than less? Antifa Joni. I'm just here. joking. Okay. <laughs> You're just being sarcastic. Sorry, I didn't get <laughs> Your sarcasm is so strong. I, I genuinely didn't it know what you were It back around to unintelligible. Yeah. <laughs> It was more being contrarian, but whatever. Yeah, but sure, but anyway. The, um, but You're the one who likes to steal from Walmart, criminal. Yeah, no shit. I, I didn't say I liked it. Don't even start with me. Don't you fucking start with me. You can Eating kick me out bastard. of this country if you want me. You just have to tell me why borders are better than not. So why do we need borders? Didn't, to protect our shit. <laughs> I, that's not a good so, enough answer. I mean, to, whose shit? Our shit. Our we, shit. Our collective shit. Our, why is our, our collective shit better than someone else's collective shit? Or more or well, more? Well, it obviously is because people want to come here and be part of our collective shit. Okay. So, so in other words, it becomes there. There is a point at which more people can flood the country to make it a detriment. Certainly. How do we determine what that number is? Because that really is the thing. At the moment, it mm-hmm. seems to be a number, and it really does matter what that number is. So. How do we figure out that number? Well, I mean, that's, you know, that takes a lot more uh, intelligent mathematicians than myself, but there is certainly a, um, a an equilibrium that can be established. First, we have to figure out how many people we have. Then we have to figure out our current growth of population given no immigration. And that is something that is declining. So we need a certain number of immigrants just to replace the people that aren't having kids. And then we can go from there. And then we can figure out, you know, what is a sustainable city? What is the sustainable growth of a city? And how can we but handle Sean, that? Sorry, I think you're not getting, I mean, you're getting the question, but the, the point is not how many immigrants. I think it's how, how do we divide it based on country of origin? You know what I'm saying? What, what that's pers- nowhere near just, the question he was asking. Well, I think that's the heart of it. Is is why is because we're talking about. I think that's like five steps later. No, I don't think so because we're talking about how many people to let in, 
yeah, we can talk about how many people to fulfill your, the population numbers that we might need to replace. But I think it's also about, and this really the whole point of this is how, how do we decide which countries we should let, how many people from each country? I think that's, that's the deal because that's how we're literally looking but, at it right now and how, how we've looked at it for hundreds of but years. But we can't get countries... to that number until we know how many we can let in in the first place. Yeah, well, I mean, would once... you say it's X? I mean, that doesn't really matter to me. It, no, I'm saying, it, I'm saying right. that so is what matters. It's, well, it's one 380th of X, whatever that is, it's, yeah, whatever it's your just, population is, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't whatever think it matters it, right. where they're coming no, from. I'm just skipping ahead to what he said. He's basically saying the mathematicians need to come up with some other number, I think of how many people we need to have based on population, blah, blah, all these other factors. I'm saying, yeah, okay, that's a given. But now I want to skip to, sorry if I'm skipping too far ahead, but I just want to say, I want to skip to the fact that how many per country. I think that's the issue. Why per country? I don't get that. Yeah, that's a weird way to break it off. Because that's how our country does it. But regardless of whether that's what actually happens or not, I, I okay, what is their justification of what why our country actually does that? Good though? question. I, I, I like think why it's, some- it's interesting because it's like culture and, you know, it comes to... I mean, we, obviously, we're if we're going to distribute it by country, we have to distribute it based on the needs of that country. So, you know, the proximity is also going to come into play as well. But Trump More people say, are going to be coming from Mexico than Trump are going to be coming from... The, it's, it's all about the needs of our country, America it, first. Yeah. I, I think most of us would would yeah. as well. I, I think that's where these you? numbers come from. Would I? Not always. No, I would say it, it, you know, if a country is in need. It, well, that's why I said at the beginning, when, once we establish this number, whatever it is, and there is a war that we start and there are refugees. Even if we yeah, don't start it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Once there are, you know, refugees and people dying and there's a hurricane or whatever it is, and people need to come here because there's no other safe place, then yes, we, we can certainly make exceptions for those. But we do have to fir- first establish our baseline and then establish what we're going to do once people cross that line without going through the proper channels it's not just about keeping track or uh, it's not just about keeping our numbers it's also about tracking our citizens it's also about taxing people it's also about making sure that everyone is taken care of and accounted for okay i mean is, <laughs> I, I mean i don't i don't know what you're trying to say you're just kind of talking about for a couple of different issues yeah that's uh, shotgun yeah okay <laughs> I, I don't know what to say to that i'm just i was talking about dividing by country and how to, how do we decide those numbers what, what, I based guess, on why? need, based I guess, on proximity. Yeah, I once again, why? I don't why think it's why is that important? It's important because peop, because what's happening is that we're basically saying certain countries, Muslim countries, we're not going to let as many people in as other countries. That, that, that's that's not something what, we've always decided. Oh, well, hang on, no, Slow it's down. not. We, we've always decided how many people we're going to allow in from each country. I I know that. That's what I've been saying. I, I still don't understand why that matters at all. Why? Why? I mean, why is it that? Because it says something about what differences make. But it's not if it, every single French citizen, right? It, let's just say something happens where all of France, all of France, all of a sudden what? is gone, and every single French citizen needs to go somewhere. But we have a quota that we're only allowed to. We're only we're only allowing X amount of French citizens into our country this year. But yet the I entire think, population of France so I think this needs is, to go somewhere. Yeah. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? To me, yes. it, because we've had historical examples of this. People are always going to bring up the Holocaust. But the fact is America didn't let in a lot of Jews and a lot of them had to die in Europe because of that. Because there's a quota, right? Exactly. And I'm asking why a quota is necessary. It's and necessary if your answer for, was, I don't know. No, no. His, his, the answer has been given by him many, many times over this entire episode. It has been? 
Yeah, he's basically what, just saying diversity or what? Well, he's basically saying we don't want to overpopulate and flood in is what he was saying. No, I, flood I, in our no, service. No, no, that's the total number I'm talking about, not the individual people that are coming in. From, well, the, from the other argument X. is then just simply cultural. It's saying we don't want this amount of people from this country because we don't approve of their culture mixing with ours. So, I mean, Wait, really, that, the that, two that's options. been a justification. Do you it's think it's a valid justification? No, I think it's xenophobic. Right. So that's my point. So the, why is that a why is that a valid justification? It's not. I, but, but that's what Trump is kind of doing in many ways. Sure, but but I, I I recognize that, and is that something that, that sounds like something America's done as well? But we does, have. But again, why is that a valid justification, or is there a more val- is there a way to justify that? Well, I don't think it's necessarily valid in my mind because I'm a very big multiculturalist. Although if you ask Douglas Murray and many other Brexiters and those but if you are by from the Europe, way, if you are a multiculturalist, wouldn't you say that that is a good thing? Because if you allow only if you if you allow for a quota, what you're actually doing is you're allowing for a larger quota of everybody, and you're bringing in no, more necessarily. different no, types no, of people. Because usually, people who are making the quota are being discriminatory. That's what you can assume, and it's what literally every head time happens. Because okay. because people aren't they don't divide equally among countries, right? Let's just say we have a hundred thousand from every single country. That's pretty discriminatory against China. But couldn't you force it to be even? That's what right, I'm saying. We, Forcing it to be even is discriminatory against the countries that have more population. Right, but you could even oh, it out okay. based on population. I mean, it's the the Senate versus the Congress. Like, you could the, do the, that, and that's that would seem to be more fair. That's kind of for, my point, right? Except for that, it's not based on the specific country's situation. And right. So I mean, we can go country by country, you know, three hundred times or whatever it is, and try and figure out what the you know the pros and cons are. We are essentially looking at just two situations here. We either even it out and accept based on population the same percentage of people from every country, or we decide that you know we're going to take everyone and base it on merit, regardless of what country you're coming from. Either way, I don't see why this is even worthy of developing. I think developing what? I'm sorry. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. Well, I There's there's two answers and neither are really quantifiable. I think I kind of agree with you in that I'm not sure about the quotas. I'm not, I think it seems kind of fucked up, but in many ways, I'm, I do understand the cultural differences. And I do understand saying that um, theoretically, let's say the United States wants to have more European immigration for reasons of culture, or or let's say let's say you're the UK, and this is the argument from Brexit. I'm just I'm kind, of, kind of understanding their argument in that they basically want to say we don't want to just let unlimited people in because from North Africa or Middle East because it's uh, diluting our culture, our English culture. Um, what? Why? I mean, a culture changes no matter what, regardless of ethnicity or time or whatever. I mean, a well, culture they don't will wanna, always change. They so. don't agree. They, they, they would say— No, no, I'm, I don't give a fuck okay, what they'd agree I'm, I'm or just, disagree. I'm just trying to argue their point. I, right, and I'm saying it's wrong because you're saying you understand their point, right? But I'm saying a culture changes no you're matter saying what. saying they're wrong. Yeah, but that's not their— You're saying a—just saying a cul- because you're saying, saying a culture changes. You're saying it's good to preserve a culture, right? And I'm saying that culture will change, whether you like it or not. But Over time, that culture will they change. They don't want it changing. You're not— what? They, Yes, culture changes, but that's not what they're saying. They're saying they don't want it specifically to be changed to Muslim culture. Sure, they don't want Sharia law, these kind of—you know, it may be exaggerated. It probably is. But that's their argument. They don't want it to be right, changing so, to that extent. But their justification specific, is to preserve their culture. Yeah. And I'm saying it's going to change no matter what. So why is not it? adapt— what I'm saying yes. is North Korean culture changed? Has or will? They, you could wall yourself yes, off. Yes, it has from- changed. Obviously, it was, it was a unified country 
like but no, in, I'm the, just in saying, the 30s and 20s, I'm not right? talking so about it has changed. You're not so. talking, hold on. I'm not talking <laughs> like, what do you mean? Just listen to me for a second. Sure, go ahead. North Korea hasn't changed because it's isolated. It's been, I'm it's not talking changed. from 30 and 40. Yeah, but well, that's not the point. The point is changed I, from an insular way. That I you, feel like you're, you're arguing seeing, a point that I don't know if you would necessarily agree I don't agree with, with it, but so I, why I, are you making this point? Because you're doing a bad job at No, I'm not. You're just not understanding. What, okay, what then do a better job to explain it. I'm saying that what's, what's they the have an idea of English culture. English, French, whatever country you say. Right. And the idea is if more people come in from this other culture, right. you're diluting that culture. And sure, that's, that's, that's correct. preserving it. The idea that culture changes over time right. is not saying that it's going to be influenced by an outside source and changed what else would change fundamentally and what else would change right correct like just like so will it change no matter what depending upon how they interact with other countries you can be completely isolationist and not change no you will change over time i can guarantee you the culture will change you're not yeah i do you not agree with me i don't understand why do you not agree? your idea of change is not you're getting confused here i'm not talking about i'm really not confused I'm you guys are just talking about two different types of change. Yeah, no, change from without trying change to from nail within. this down. There, well, no, all, all he's saying is that a culture is going to change regardless. And you're saying that a culture is going to change if you let people in. Yes, both of those things are true. A culture is going to change if you let people in. A culture is going know, to change if you don't let people in. It's going to change in different ways. Dude, I know. What is the point is- you are trying to make? What? The point is so obvious. I don't understand then just how this say is. It. Say it. The then. idea is if you have English culture right. and other people from another culture right. join this culture, right. it changes. Right. Yeah. To a different thing like English slash I get it. Muslim right. hybrid. They sure. don't like it because they find something dear. I, we in all English understand. Culture. We yeah. all understand he, that yeah, point. He's just saying that I'm even asking, if you don't do that. Why is that a good justification for not letting people in? Because they hold English culture dear and they don't right. want it to morph into something else. Which is fine. Do you think that that's a good justification? No. Then why the fuck are you still making the argument? Because I've already explained the opposite of that. That the culture will change no matter what. I was I was making this argument on purpose before, but now it's drawn out. But it was important to make it. Time's up. So what? We have to really shut it off now. Yeah. Stupid. That's it. That's it. That's it. By the way, I gave us ten extra minutes. I gave us ten extra minutes. Are you on board with this fall? Well, I mean, you know, you guys were having the same conversation for the last ten minutes. It's true. We could we could have cut that off. Could have cut that off. We keep going. We can very well keep going. I'm enjoying this conversation. When the politicians keep politicking before you It's going to be a fight off the mic, people. A big fight that you're going to miss. Spend some time collectively. Tune into the after show. Talking politinkering. It'll just be you arguing against yourself. Sure. I don't know. You, you're playing devil's advocate I against a point you don't even agree with. I don't know. Right? I've given you the opposite argument for what you were saying. All you had to say was, yeah. that's true. You just said you didn't you understand. You just kept arguing it and saying I didn't understand. You weren't. I, I definitely did. I definitely understood what you were you saying. You are not, you were kind of not understanding what I was saying by changing.